You are now listening to Pole Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pole Hook Golf, the podcast. I'm Matt Cook. This is Bobby Brown, and we've got another exciting episode for all of you. So this week, we're going to recap our weeks, Matt and Bobby. It's a little story time between the two of us. It's becoming a fan favorite of a segment, so we're going to continue that tradition. Then we got some breaking news, the Caddy Edition. We're going to dive into the Honda Classic. We're going to recap the week out there since Bobby was out there. And uh, we're going to put to rest some of the, uh, some of the rumor mill uh, at the moment. And penny bet recap because it was a doozy. I mean, we had a lot of penny bets out there. Yeah. Uh, upcoming, Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'm actually wearing the Arnold Palmer brand. I don't know if it's on the sleeve I can't quite tell, but if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I am wearing an Arnold Palmer branded uh, golf shirt. It's my only one that I own, but man, it is form fitting and uh, it is very nice, very nice. Um, And then we've got also, we finally get to recap another live event. So live golf, Mayakoba. I I think they said the pronunciation on air, which apparently Mayakoba is not correct according to the live golf uh, broadcast team. But uh, anyways, we're, I watched the entire thing, Bobby. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but not one bit. (laughs) Why don't we, not one bit. I was working. You're going to be leaning on me on that one. Uh, But let's dive into story time with man, Bobby. How's your week? Sure. It was great. I mean, it was a it was a great week. Re, re, rekindled an old flame um, with Sungjae. You know, it was it was fun being out there with him for the week and and, and getting a, um, a a marquee pairing for as much as a marquee pairing as it was with Sungjae and Cooch and and Shvenny, Adam Svensson. And um, it was fun, man. I mean, honestly, I enjoyed. You know, he was on he was on best behavior. It's like a hunt. Well, you know all about honeymoons. You're just coming up soon, right? So yeah. it was a one week honeymoon. There was no shit talking or anything like that. He striped it. I mean, he made three bad swings all week. I will tell you this. If you went back on Sunday night, Matt, and you looked at his stats and you left out putting, I was telling Troy this during the practice round. Um, I go, if you left out putting, you would have came up to me on the putting green and said, hey, congratulations on finishing third or fourth or fifth or sixth. So he was all the way down the board on his stats. He was like second, fourth, third, sixth, seventh, eighth, eight for eight out of the bunkers. Shot gained this, shot gained that through the roof. And then putting of 80 guys that made the cut, I think he finished 73rd at like negative four point something and it was just like i man i felt like he was seeing the same putt the whole time eight ten twelve feet eight ten twelve feet and um you know he had had a couple few lip outs and nothing wrong with this stroke at all he just looked like he was struggling uh reading them so but was he not calling you in bobby he called me in once on four on saturday because he was kind of i could tell he didn't really know what it was doing and i had seen that putt before and i had some notes in my book you know, and I was just showing him the notes and we kind of agreed on something. I had it going. It was kind of a triple breaker. You know, it's right to left early in the high 25 footer, kind of straight through the middle. And then as it dies, I had it going right. And he's like, oh, I don't see it going right. And then I tried to point out how much green was there and that kind of stuff. And it did go, it did go, it did go right late. I, I'm not sure even if he would have played for it to go right, he would have, he would have made it. But he was like, oh man, that was a good read at the end. But he is, you know, I didn't have to do 
you know, he has an uncanny, uncanny ability. Everything's pin high with him. That's like his whole world, right? But he has an uncanny ability to feel out a golf shot when he is in between clubs. And he had a lot of, he had a lot of pin high looks. Did I, did, I'll tell you one thing I noticed about him was he seems more polished to me now, Matt. Like when he, it's not your typical Sungjae in quotation marks Korean that just goes at every flag, right? I, I noticed a few times uh, early in the week, like on Thursday and Friday, where he's in between clubs and you couldn't be shorter, you couldn't be long. And he was just, he was telling me, he's like, well, oh God, in between clubs. I just hit smart shot, work for position, take 25 or 30 feet. And, and he did it all week long and he just took what the golf course gave him. He never really lost his shit. I mean, he made a bad swing on, those are two stressful holes for us, right? 15 and 17 when the wind's pumping. And then the wind really never started pumping. It's, it was at its worst when we played in the afternoon Thursday and he shot three under. I think he was sixth or seventh after the day was over. But he made a few, just a few bad swings and he got unlucky on a par five and made a, um, made a couple doubles and a bogey with those bad swings. But it really came down to putting. I thought I was going to get it on Sunday because um, he had – he probably hit eight or nine greens in a row on Sunday. Couldn't make a putty. Turned in two under. Got to four under for the tournament, which was in the low 20s, maybe T21. So I'm like, oh, man, if he makes a cup on the backside, he's going to finish in the top 15, and we're going to make some cash. He'll make some points and move up the FedEx Cup list. And uh, we got to 11, which is a pretty good hole. It's a three-wood off a of tee, huh? And uh, then you have a half-island green where you're covering water. And it was a, it was one of those winds that – that it was one of those four mile an hour winds that caddies don't like that's just mm. dancing it's all over the place and you couldn't really get it consistently and i thought i had a pretty good handle on it and um it was just this hole that was just five over the water it's the hole that Akshay batia i think hit it in the water and and maybe if i think if i'm thinking straight and he took a couple took his clothes off like a big fucking production out of a, that a young kid, needs kid. To eat a cheeseburger yeah, it's it's funny. I was checking him out on the driving range, and for as skinny as he is, he's toned, right? He's mm-hmm. he's ripped. I could I could tell with the short sleeve shirts, and I'm like, oh, he he does some gym work for sure. And and um, anyways, I'm um, getting back to that. We were, you know, it was 142 meters, and he usually hits a eight iron between 140. If he steps on it, it's 150 meters. What does that mean to people in yards? That means it's about. You know, it's, I use them roughly 10%. So it's about, you know, it's a buck 60, low 160s club or something like that, if that helps everybody out. And we had this, we were way in the left side of the fairway, you know, and this is where the communication thing comes in. And he's asking me about the wind and he's throwing up grass. I'm throwing up grass and it's, it's off the, it's straight off the right, not like any hurt. So, you know, he was being so good about positioning and, and missing in the right spots all week. I didn't feel like I needed to, to, to say, you know, this ball needs to end left of the flagstick because the green kind of angles like this, you know, and if you push yeah. one right, it gets hung up on the wind. It's a big cover. It's like a pass pin I cover. And so he hits, he hits like this floater eight iron that's going dead. Right. And I fucking knew it was soup immediately, you know, and he's like posing at it and he's staring at it and it ends up like five yards short in the water, big splash. And he just like, give me the old, like, look at me, like, you know, and then he immediately doesn't say anything. He goes and he throws the grass up, right? And <laughs> I'm like, caddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he didn't say, he didn't talk any shit or anything like that. He didn't like push that. it in the I bag, mean, nothing? No, he didn't, he didn't say anything. And, you know, I didn't want him to lose his confidence. You know, I was hoping he could get out of there with a bogey. He ended up making double, but um, 
he went into a very dark place for about 45 minutes after that. But he didn't say, he didn't say shit. He didn't really say shit to me. I heard him mumbling in Korean, but I know all the key words when it's something to the caddy and it was, it was never at me, but all he said to me was, was like, uh, Oh man, that was like a good line. And I just, you know, and I was like eight yards right of the flag. It wasn't a good line for him. And I just kind of said, I'm like, well, I'm just going to take the heat. I- I'm going to, I'm going to be the fall guy for this one. Cause I didn't want him to fuck with his confidence. Right. So I'm like, Hey man, then maybe that's on me. I should have told you to hit a full one left of the flag. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I, you don't need to tell a guy that's played there five or six years on that pin and, and you know, to be left of the flag. So <clears throat> the only weird thing about that hole was when we were walking up and it was well short in the water, right? And when we were walking up, the dad starts chirping in Korean, right? Cause there's a ball sitting there that's half in the water and half above, you know? And he goes, Oh dad, say that, dad, say that my ball. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's not your ball. We were way short of that, but you know, and he's like, no, dad, say that my ball. And I'm like, that's not you. He goes, can I play it? And I'm like, you already did. <laughs> Your other shot. There are no mulligans on the PGA Tour. But I made it a point where we both walked up there and we looked at the ball, you know, and it was, it was he has a big line over the script that goes around the golf ball, you know, for putting and stuff like that. I wish he would have used it more last week, to tell you the truth. But And it wasn't his ball, but it was just weird how the dad came to the ropes and everything like that. And whenever something like that happens or there's a ruling, the dad's right there, right? He, he like, wants to make sure his son's taken care of. And I'm pretty experienced with rules and that kind of stuff. But shit, man, it was a, it was a, it was a good week. T42, I mean... Finishing at 200, that was like the worst he the worst he could have shot. I did have a fun hole with him. I want to say it was on Friday on 17. It was a, a it was a front right pin, and he hit the same exact flare eight iron where he just doesn't finish. And that's always been his miss. Hey, you know what the funny thing is? I remember the year that I worked for him. We all, I always had problems with him when, when when it was an eight iron when it was an eight iron, which is weird because anytime Troy Merritt's on an eight iron, you can just bank it's going to be within 10 feet. So it was the polar opposite. Um, and it was it was just a fun week. It was a fun week. I mean, we were never really in the mix except for day one. But there was always that hope that he was just going to get it going because you know him. You can he can make a bogey or two, and then you know you're going to hit a two an hour and a half stretch where he's probably going to rail off three or four birdies. And he gave himself so many chances, and he was so cool. He was so cool to be around for one week, and and I never felt him go on tilt or or anything like that. And I think he's. You know, I think he's a little bit tired and he's got these two big tournaments coming up. So, so I did the one week and, and, um, uh, and, uh, here I am back at Bay Hill with Troy. Um, we played 18 holes today. I mean, that's, that'll come up a little bit later in the segment, but it, it was a fun week. It was good. It was good to reunite with him. You know, I, I love, I love the kid. I know we've had problems in, in that kind of stuff on the golf course, but it's, he's just a good kid and his whole, you know, he's married now. He has other things going on, but he's, you know, you just, he lives and dies by golf, right? His whole life is golf and success and everything. And it's just, you know, we were talking and I'm like, God, how long have you been on tour now? Because time goes by so fast. Sunday's been on tour. This is his fifth, this is his fifth year. And he was even like, Oh my God, Chiba. So, <laughs> so fast, five years. And I'm like, you're 23 now or 24. He goes 24. I go, man, you were on, you were a rookie when you were, 19 years old. So I still scratch my head though. And I'm like, how's this fucking guy? Cause he is a machine, right? I'm like, how does this guy not win two or three times a year? So, you know, you want to talk about the caddy drama or, or, I mean, let, let, since know, we're talking okay. about it, let's, let's yeah. break into the breaking news caddy edition. Yes. 
Who's on yeah. Sung Jay's okay. bag? So <coughs> we were keeping. So who is on Sung Jay's bag? I brought in Lance Bennett for I'm the the Korean agent. So Lance Bennett, who was our guest on a previous episode, who recently split with Davis Riley after a season and a half or or whatever it is. So it was kind of a last minute thing, but I was kind of giving Lance a heads up early in the week, like, hey, this is you know. I'm not sure what they're, I, I do know what they're looking for, but I'm not sure what they're looking for. And then, you know, I, I had to give, not like full sales pitch, but when, when you deal with the Koreans and they don't recognize a name, they don't, won't, can't put a name with a the face, they immediately go to Google. So if you go to Google with Lance, you're probably going to hire him. And, and so Lance is going to be on the bag for a couple of weeks and, and see how it goes. So that's the breaking news. Bobby Stain put, I'm super happy with, with Troy. It's funny. I was telling, uh, uh, I was telling Sungjae, I'm like, Troy, yeah. And he was talking about how Troy was to work for. And I was telling him, I'm like, man, he's the coolest guy. He's not playing good. You know, he's missed as many cuts this year, it seems like, as he did all last season. And he's just in the funk with the putter. And um, uh, you probably saw on TV, we were having some fun out there. You yeah, were. And, and for me to you get him. You featured group, too. Yeah. For me to get him to smile and enjoy and relax himself, I felt like that was mission accomplished for for me even though he doesn't like a caddy that talks with other people and i don't talk to other people during the round other than maybe when you're floating down the first fairway hey where are you staying or whatever but other than that you that's like a big pet peeve of his having his caddy all plugged in um all the time and he told me that's one of the reasons why he made a change with billy because billy yucked it up and he could be bullshitting me too right it could have just ran its course after two years so um he was telling me oh billy talked too much to other people and he's a little slow to the ball and I'll tell you, I started, I told you, I started using a double strap this year when I shot my back before Sony, right? And I'm like, I told Troy today, I go, I don't know why I didn't wear that big, when it gets hot, that big Aussie style hat and a double strap because I felt like I can caddy till I'm 80 now because I don't get tired. I don't get beat down with the heat like everybody else is. I saw Cooch out there, he's sweating bullets and, you know, dehydrating out. And I just felt I feel so, so super duper fresh out there and I'm off track as usual, but so, so, but the big news was that we were, that I had shared with you last week was when I got this text in this, in this, these texts and from him and his team, they were coming at the same time. They were just firing bullets at me, you know, as you know, I'm going to tell everybody else, they went right by me and they want to hire my son. Daniel, who is very extremely happy with Pearson Cootie. So I called Daniel and I told him this and Daniel was like overwhelmed, you know, like emotionally overwhelmed that like, wow, this, this player is coming back to me, this big time player. And, and I, I said, listen, don't give me an answer. There's no reason to give me an answer. You got to focus on Pearson this week. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, they said they wanted him to start at Honda last week and give him three weeks and see how it goes. Right. But I'm like, that's not going to happen. Daniel doesn't roll like that. And they're like, hey, you want to come in? And, you know, I told you the story. You call Troy and see if it's okay with Troy. And Troy was all for it. So, so you know, Daniel, it didn't take Daniel very long to just come out and say, he's like, hey, Dad, I'm not, you know, and I'm so proud of him. Dad, I'm not that, I'm not like that 99% of those guys that sit in that caddy room. That's not my deal. I'm not bailing on Pearson Cootie. We are friends. We have a great working relationship. Um, I believe that he's going to win major championships 
And it was just, I had, I had so many players come up to me because the word started getting out after Daniel said, hey, officially, I'm not going to do it. They're like, your son turned that bag down. I'm like, yeah, he sure did. And everybody said the same thing. Good on Daniel. You know, they all said Charlie often, he usually talks shit. One of my buddies, he's like, man, I am so proud of that kid of yours. And then you Charlie, you know, Charlie always a smart ass. He's like, finally, you fucking did something right in your life, Bob. So I felt super stoked for Daniel and Troy. Everybody thought it was a, great decision but with all this gossip and everything that goes around you know apparently some of these scummy dirtbag bottom feeder caddies and there were plenty of them at honda last week in that field you know that's some of those caddies you don't even recognize you don't even know who they are especially uh, apparently the okay so let me back up you know james hahn reached out to daniel because he felt guilty about firing daniel after those four weeks and james hahn told daniel he's like listen i want to check with pearson but uh, but I'm so stressed out about the way I was playing and I didn't handle this professionally. Daniel, will you come work for me in the players championship, right? Another week for Daniel, a massive purse. So Daniel talked to Pearson. Pearson's like, man, go. It's going to be more experience for you when I get to the players at Sawgrass. And it's only going to help both of us in the long run. So the word got out about that. So some of these eight, some of these scumbag, I'm going to call them <laughs> fucking bottom feeders because I can't find out who they are. But apparently they went up to Pearson's agent last week behind Daniel's back and, and a little bit behind my back. They're like, hey, we hear Daniel's making a change or making a move. And that starts the whole rumor mill thing. So Dan was telling me a story that they were on the range one day. And, and Mike Chisholm is, is his agent, right? And he, he's like, hey, Dan, can I talk to you for a sec? And Dan's like, uh, sure. And he's like, hey, are you thinking about making a move or something? And Daniel's like, what are you talking about making a move? He's like, yeah, I have caddies come up to me and, you know, and ask me, you know, is Pearson going to be available and that kind of stuff. So Dan and, and, and Daniel and Daniel, not like me, cannot poker face somebody in the eye. Like if you know what I'm referencing, you know what I mean? Daniel is a straight shooter. He is honest as the days long. He's never done. And, and I'm not saying this because of my son. He just has a conscience and a heart and he's not going to bullshit anybody. And he flat out told Mike, he goes, Mike, here's the fucking deal, man. I got offered the Sungjae Im bag, right? And, and, and Dan's like, the agent said, like, step back, like, you got offered Sungjae's bag? And he's like, yeah. But he's like, I fucking, tur- I'm turning it down, man. I'm not going to do that. I believe in, I believe in Pearson. So there was a lot of drama. And I think that is, um, I think that is an easy thing for me to deal with personally, 16 or 17 years later. But I, I, can, I know that it wears on, I know it wears on Daniel because he's not the kind of person like everybody else I just referenced in that room, you know, and I know it, I, I think it wore on him, a, a, you know, a little bit last week where he's just like, I wish everybody would just shut the fuck up. And, you know, and he had an okay week, you know, they played great the first day. Pearson Cootie played great the first day, shot four under, he had really good the scoring conditions. And, and then I think he had a rough day on Friday. I think he got in the house at 75 or 76. He actually had to par the last comeback Saturday morning to finish and make the cut on the number. And then he got off to a rocket start on the front. I was watching, you know, on my phone. He made a few quick birdies and then he got it. And then, you know, he had a rough 45 minute or an hour stretch from like 13 through 15, which everybody can do out there very quickly. But, you know, he played pretty good over the weekend. I think he went 70, 71 over the weekend, which is, <coughs> excuse me, which is not horrible. And it's like 63rd, maybe shot a couple over for the tournament, but he got some more experience. But I'll tell you a funny story was, um, 
early in the week and it, like we get like we're, we're taking care of food wise right but some for some reason every year at honda like the people that prepare the food and i think their employees there they like come out late with the breakfast and they don't, just don't give a fuck about us which is which it's true which is surprising to me because we're all pretty good tippers in there right and if you have 150 caddies in there even if every caddy is only throwing down 20 a person that's some gratuity that's getting split up right that's beside their wages but i like i took a bite into a couple of those breakfast sandwiches or tater tots or what sausage or whatever and i'm like jesus christ did nobody even heat this up so i just stuck to oatmeal because it's impossible for the human being to get um you know to get sick off of oatmeal so apparently dan and a couple other caddies and a couple players got food poisoning from whatever they ate the mystery thing was on sunday i didn't ask dan what he ate so Dan was going to wait for me after the round on Sunday because our tea times were so different. We were going to drive the two hours down the turnpike here to Bay Hill. <coughs> and I text Dan. I'm like, hey, where are you at, kid? And he's like, yeah, I'm sick and shit. I'm throwing up. I think I got food poisoning. I thought he was dehydrated. He's like, no, I was drinking a lot of water. So they had a Monday morning pro-am out here at uh, at the crack of dawn at like 830 in the morning. So he rolled into town and, you know, he's just... I just told him, I'm like, hey, here's the deal. I've been to Bay Hill 15 times. You, it's going to be 90 degrees later in the week, and it's going to be windy as shit. I'm like, why don't you just rest and tell Pearson I'm going to come out and, and caddy for him? So I get to caddy for Pearson Monday morning for 18 holes. And I was sharing this with this, you, with, this with you. I'm going to try and talk slower this episode because I, I listened to myself on last week's episode, and I'm going to give myself a five on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> Our viewers liked it. I didn't. Um, uh, but I watched this guy play golf and I, he is a fucking flusher of the golf ball. The sound that it makes coming off of the club face, I have not heard in, I can't fucking tell you how long. And I was like, after like three or four holes, Matt, I'm like, no wonder fucking Daniel's not making a move. This is like a fucking freak ass talent that comes around. This could be like a DJ talent, you know? That was his first PGA Tour event last week, and he, he made the cut on a, a super hard golf course. And I'm just like, I walked out of there, and we had a tailor-made rep who was kind of like the tailor-made rep. His name's Nick. I'm not sure of his last name. And he followed us for 18 holes, and I'm like, I ever like every three or four holes, like I would, let, I would let Pearson walk away, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He goes, man, I'm glad you're out here watching this because I kind of want, we kind of wanted to ask you what you thought. And I'm like, this guy, and I said it to him, I go, this guy is a fucking flusher, and he's a flusher with hands, right? You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're, you know, I watched him hit this five wood on, on six, which is the famous dog leg right to left all the way around that huge lake, that part that par five that that bryson drove it over the corner the one year you know the 360 yard carrier or whatever and he was in between he was in between clubs and he like fucking took some shit off of a five wood and i'm like oh my god and i turned to nick and i'm like you can't that is something you don't that can't be taught right that's years of this kid learning how to hit that shot over water holding something that's got to cover and land soft on that green with a five wood up in the air and i'm like Oh my God, he can roll the pill, he can chip, he's super, I'm going to say he's like super golf smart, but he reminded me of Dustin a little bit where he was a little bit out there, like he's kind of, his mind's a little bit all over in between shots and stuff like that. And his, I noticed one thing too, his attention to, this is the Pearson Cootie episode early before he goes Yahtzee, I'm telling you right now, his attention to detail and practice rounds and stuff like that, like this kid has been watching Bay Hill since he was probably eight years old. So I'm like, hey, do you want me to drop tees, you know, for what, you know, during this pro-am? 
And when you finish hole out, you can go putt. And he goes, oh, no, I know where all they are. You know, and he's describing every tee shot to me. He's like, oh, everybody hits it up here. Everybody, you know, a super bomber is going to take it over the corner here. And I'm like, wow, I'm just going to sit around for five hours and, and watch it. Probably a future multi-major winner, I'm predicting. I hope I don't wow. put the whammy slammy on him. But this kid's got some this this kid's got some kind of a game, man. So it was it's been a really fun eight or nine eight or nine days for me, you know. So I, I really enjoyed last week. I, I really enjoyed getting to know Pearson. Um yesterday they came back out. Dan was up at the crack of dawn. They went out again today and it made me so proud because we didn't tee off until Troy had to play in the fifth major, the Seminole had their pro member that, you know, that everybody was as good as this field um, played in. So everybody kind of rolled in late, all the big time players and not such, and, and the mid pack players. So Troy didn't tee off today till like one thirty or one forty-five. but we're, we're out there and there's, there's like nobody out there in the afternoon and who comes try who's, who's finished work and what caddy comes trucking backwards from nine going to rewalk in front again, the kid, Daniel. So, all systems go for that team. I, I, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough week. This, this golf course, Matt is, is, uh, it was a little receptive yesterday, but they're already watering the greens in the afternoon and, uh, it's going to get, it, it's, it's going to get out of hand. You know, this was that tournament I told you last year where Troy, um, starting Sunday was five off the lead. Nobody laughed at me when I tell you that a two or pro shot 87, but Troy shot 87. And we were, we were talking about it today. He's like, he maybe hit four or five, like really horrible shots, right? Like you, if you miss the green or in the wrong spot or something like that, you couldn't even hold the green throwing one way up in the air with a 60 or something like that. I'm talking about standard chips. So it's going to be a tough mental event this week wow. with some, Get with some now I don't, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what these scores are going to be, but man, you, if Here's the deal. I don't want to tell you something right now because I think it's going to affect our penny bet. But I got but the, but the new and improved Bobby, honest Bobby Brown. It's supposed to pump thirty or forty on Friday. So we everybody's praying for a late early tea time, right? Late on Thursday, early on Friday, beat the wind day, and we got fucking first off finally. Yeah, let on me go check Friday. the uh, tea time. No, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I already did. So I figured I wasn't. I'm like, I'm not going to backdoor. I'm not going to backdoor Matt on this. So I've actually got. Four guys that I picked is to, in in order of who I'm going to wow. go with, and, and they're all. And I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. They're all coming out of the early morning wave on Friday, so I don't know who you've, if you've already picked somebody in your mind, or I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, uh, that's my little tip for you. It is going to pump on Friday, but poor Daniel and Pearson, they're last off on Friday in the afternoon. And when it Ooh. when the show, uh, you know what can happen out here if it gets hate if they it. lose these greens, you hate to see it, but you know, uh, man, two, one, two, three, four, five, six under could win this thing this week i don't think anybody's going to get to double digits i really don't i wasn't that far off last week when i told you 12 you didn't have you, you, i mean you were no, right there and it was 14 14 played off in those winners the, the the two guys in the playoff kirky and, and eric cole they did not go away you know what i mean then none of them really went away on sunday and opened up a lead or anything like that so i was pretty close i was pretty close last week I, I i was telling you you know with that bermuda rough gone and some bunkers gone and the greens receptive and that was what sanjay was saying the whole time too he's like this no this no regular honda bro it's not honda greens soft you know no rough you know just hit shot and and just yeah so you'll but, probably make them this week right when i'm back to work for troy which oh, is definitely. no big deal but yeah, we got to give an applause to Sung Jay for the maturation phase yeah. that he went through. Way yeah. to go, yeah. Sung Jay. 
I'm not even going to buy that, but, but on his part, <laughs> that was just honeymoon. the one, yeah, that was the one week, <laughs> that was the one week honeymoon. So it was, it was uh, super enjoyable. What else you got? You well, want to run down the, on the I mean, or? Well, hang on a second. All we right. had story time with Bobby. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. There was no Matt. mad time at all. The guy who runs it. Oh jeez. Yeah, God, I've been so I've been Let so pumped up about this Let past week. Go ahead. We're we're gonna go to Mountain Shadows, and you're gonna give us a, your weekly rundown on yeah, Mountain Shadows. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, what do you got? So, Bobby, here's the thing. Yeah. There was the championship game, and you know that I'm getting married soon. And sure yeah. enough, uh, my fiance <laughs> was like. I'm not playing in it because we play in a co-ed league. And sure uh-huh. enough, she sits out and she's at home taking care of her billing stuff or work. And so at the softball game, you know, I knew right away showing up that, okay, we're a man down. We got to make sure that we get this kicked off right. And I'm the leadoff hitter. So I get up there, Bobby, slow pitch softball. And oh, yeah. I... First stretch out a double. I'm feeling pretty good. Bonnie's feeling good. Wow. Next we're to not bat, even talking about golf. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're going straight softball because here's the thing. And then next at bat, I tried to stretch a triple. I really mm-hmm. tried to get in there because this was a tightly contested game. We needed all the runs we could. And I knew that I was going to have to make some things happen on the base pads. Sure enough, trying to go for three, I fucking popped my hamstring. So, no, the hammy. Oh, my God. Another hammy. I mean, yeah. this thing was ugly. So, sure enough, go into the gym the next day, and I tell my trainer, Andrew, I'm like, Andrew, you know that polar plunge in the back, which is the ice bath, but it's like the electronic one in this big, like, sophisticated mm-hmm. modern bathtub? I was like, can I use it? He's like, yeah, sure. He's like, go in for, like, two minutes at a time, do a couple two-minute intervals, and then pop out. First time, I stayed in, so I did the two minutes, and it's my first time ever doing an ice bath. Have you done an ice bath before? Because no, but I threatened, I threatened myself after rounds because I read about all these players. Well, you know, that's Tiger's big thing, and now Justin Thomas is on it, and Spieth is on it, but I think about it all the time, but, man, I can't dip my toes in the Pacific Ocean during the winter, bro. It, you know, I run for the hills. It's tough. I am that, not a good cold-weather guy. I'm no, me neither. I, and that's why I live in Arizona, because yeah. as a New Yorker, I was freezing all the time. Arizona, I like the heat. So I'm like, oh, man, this is going to suck, but I know I have to do it. So I go in and sure enough, like that first minute is all about getting your breathing under control because you start hyperventilating. Finally got the breathing under control. I'm like, oh, this is nothing at all, because you start losing like the feeling in your limbs. I mean, basically go numb. Uh, and I'm frozen. like... That's fine. I, I'm good. So I ended up staying in. Uh, today I went in as well, and I ended up staying in for a full 14 minutes, which apparently like the recommended like maximum amount of time you're supposed to be in is 10 minutes. Some say 15. So I did 14, and all these guys as I'm coming out were just like, all the trainers were like, holy shit, you were in there for a long time, all fist pumping me as I'm leaving. I'm like, holy shit, like what the hell's the big deal? <laughs> apparently none of them use it. Apparently it right. just gains you a bunch of respect. But I'm sitting in there, and again, once you get your breathing under control, because I do a lot of meditation, so I got that under control. Mm-hmm. Going back, though, to last week, Bobby, here's the key. Pin position four. My mm-hmm. dreaded pin position four. Mm-hmm. Was the Friday game after I popped the hamstring. So, of course, I did the polar plunge. That was the first day that I did. It was Friday morning. End up going out there, and I'm limping my ass off. I can barely walk. I felt like Tiger. Like, the swing was fine. Mm-hmm. But the walking was terrible. 
Mm-hmm. But I had revenge to take out on pin position four. Okay. Right. Me and Pablo have had a talk. No, we yeah. have not. That's never happened. But I know. We, we came to terms, myself in pin position four, dropped eight birdies, five wow. bogeys, and wow. ended up three under. Took a lot of money yeah. that day off of the boys. I was going to say. And yeah. I got my fucking revenge, Bobby, on pin position yeah, good for four, you. okay? Yeah. So yeah. I, Did you go all is right Pablo? in the world. Did you, Pablo, have you over for a little El Pastor and some Spanish rice? And, and not yet, not yet. I'm waiting for the Serrano invite. peppers or something like that for your booty hole. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo for president. <laughs> El presidente, Pablo. Tom- Tomorrow morning, we're, we're getting out early, too. It's supposed to be dreaded weather over here on the West, and uh, we decided, hey, let's try to get in a game before uh, the wedding on Saturday, and I wasn't going to be able to do Friday because all the rehearsal stuff and dinners and everything. Yeah. So uh, going out tomorrow morning, too. So we're going we're gonna to stretch it out, see if we got some right more action for uh, good old Mount Shadows. But that pretty much wrapped up the week. Now let's nice. move on to our Honda sure. Classic recap, yeah. Bobby, where what a, what Chris great- Kirk... Yeah. Hangs on. Just hung on. He did. He did. Can I can I say something for the record? Yeah. He wasn't go he wasn't he pushed that he pushed that fairway wood mm. in regulation. He wasn't going at that. You'd read that shit on social. Yeah, he definitely wasn't going at it. He pushed it out to the right, ended up hitting the top of the rocks. Oh, Bobby, you're back. So you you froze out there for a second. Continue. Uh oh, I can't hear you. You are you're on mute now. Oh, we're having a full debacle here. Bobby's having some serious issues. Oh, you're what back. Now? You're back. Yeah. You think oh. it was my, they were popping out of my I, ear or something. It could have, yeah. So can you hear me now? Yeah. After last week episode, cutting in and out. Jeez Louise. Um, I was talking about him. Social media people were roasting him. Like, how does he go to that? Like, fuck, he was trying to hit it in the left grandstand and he just pushed it out there. But I was referencing Kip Henley, who's a fucking self-proclaimed super genius. But because I saw he threw up a tweet, he's like, I don't know what Chris, if I was looping for Chris Kirk, I would have thrown his woods behind the tee and, and made him lay up. And I know he stuffed the, I know he stuffed the layup in, in, in the, on the playoff hole, but that's not a wedge shot that anybody wants. All you got to do is push it a little bit and, and you're even in, in worse position, but it was a, it was a great tournament. Isn't it funny how that, that tournament, Matt always seems to end up in a playoff. That's, that, that's a shout really out to is. that golf to that golf course. Almost every year it ends up in a playoff. So, you know, it was, it was, it was a great tournament, great finish, great for Eric Cole. I mean, he's 30 some years old. I didn't know his mom is Laura Baugh. Remember Laura Baugh, who was like the sexiest, LPGA player. Oh, you know what? That's do you remember the blonde? Now. Yeah. She used to do, yeah, she used to do the Colgate commercials yeah. and everything like that. She was really gorgeous. And she was like, oh, I didn't even put family. that together. I knew yeah, that, that the mom would play on read the LPGA. That. But yeah, it was Laura, it was Laura Ball. She, she brought a lot of sexiness and femininity, if I said that right, to the LB, LPGA tour. She was like the, she was like the first one. And I guess his dad would, his dad played on tour for a long time and he won a tournament. Yeah. So, you know, he he was in a great position to to win after Chris made that mistake. And obviously he had some nerves on that chip and ran it through the green and laying up against the collar. And man, he hit a great he hit a great putt, a great putt that caught the left edge in regulation. But that's just another great story that you get to see in these fields of how deep the talent is. What people don't realize out here is is how good number 92 on the FedEx cup list is, is like, if you went and watched 92 on the FedEx cup list, play 18 holes of golf somewhere, you would go, Oh, this guy, 
he's going to would win five times on the PGA Tour. It just goes to show you how what a freak that John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler or Rory or Dustin or all these other guys or that or Cantlay, you know, how freaky, how freaky, freaky good it, they were. But it was it was a great week. I mean, Seb Straka played great again. He finished nine hundred, tied for fifth. Um, Justin Saw, who shares the same agent as Troy does, a guy, a buddy of mine named Peter Webb. He had a great week. I think he finished at nine under, tied for fifth. Shane Lowry was right up there all all week. You know, our boy Pearson Cootie had a nice solid week for his. I'm going to give everybody a name to remember that just showed up here from Europe about two or three weeks ago. He's, he just cracked the top 50 in the world. You might not know this name, but everybody who gambles on golf needs to remember this guy. His name's Adrian Moronk. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not, sh- I'm not sure where he's from, whether it's the Netherlands or something like that, but he, he is about six foot six tall. He just looks like a complete athlete. He's top 50 in the world. I think he finished 14th. Um, last week, but that's just a, he's going to be in the players. He's in the players next week. And he's been over here for two or three tournaments and has been in the top 25, I think, in all of them. But that's just a little tidbit, Bobby Brown tidbit of information for guys that, that like a little value for the dollar. I think this Adrian Moronk is going to be over here for, for good now. So it was a good, it was a good Honda. It was a great golf course. You know, this is the last year that Honda is going to sponsor the tournament. But did you read what Jack Nicklaus said in the last couple of days? He's like, this tournament is not going to have Honda as a sponsor. But supposedly Jack said that possibly starting in 2024, that they're going to get a new title sponsor. They're going to get a different date at a different time of the year. It's going to be an elevated event. Scottsdale, unfortunately, is going to lose as an elevated event. Yes, they're going to start switching them around. And they're also going to make Pebble Beach an elevated $20 million event, along with Tiger's event, to draw more people to better, bigger players to Pebble Beach, which Pebble Beach deserves bigger players, right? Because it's Pebble, right? Couldn't be the greatest golf course ever made other than St. Andrews. So apparently the People's Open did not go over well with the players. Well, no, I think... I, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I just have a feeling that they're going to switch these elevated events around, right? So they don't play favorites to certain different ones. Like Scottsdale might be back in 2025. Just Scottsdale still an elevated event to everybody that plays in it because it's so unique, right? And there's so much electricity, and there's actually a golf tournament. Wow. You know what I mean by that? Not just yeah. a, a drink, a drinking fest. Are so, you sure? Um, Are you sure there's a golf tournament that goes on? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, most of the days there is. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's my that's my rundown on the Honda. We're on to Bay Hill. Well, I mean, with <laughs> we are on to Bay. Actually, before we even get to Bay Hill, I do yeah. want to talk about the one kid, the uh, Ryan Gerard, who oh, was a Monday I got qualifier. Info. I got info. Finishes on him. fourth. Yeah. So check this out. So, you know, I've been raving about my guy on the Corn Ferry Tour to, to, that I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for him to get here. His name's Carter Jenkins, the guy I like yeah. so much. He played at North Carolina. Gerard played at North Carolina. We played all our practice rounds with Brian Gerard at that Corn Ferry Tour finals. And he looked, he got, he got conditional Corn Ferry status. He didn't look like, he didn't look like my guy, like Carter Jenkins, the guy that I worked for, you know, he sure as fuck looked like he was really good last week. And he, he walked away with, Fucking four hundred grand for a guy, four hundred eleven grand for a guy that has conditional corner. Oh my god! Imagine when he woke up. I think that those funds hit their account on Monday morning. Can you imagine? Like if he went to the bank or he went online and he looked at his checking account, he's like, "Oh, I can go to Lululemon now." Yeah, you can can buy yourself some nice joggers. Most importantly, he is right back into 
Puerto Rico. And it's funny. I was, I was coming, there's a big bridge that goes from like the clubhouse. You go by, by the first tee and down this big bridge to the putting green. Right. So I come down this bridge and I'm, I'm standing on the putting green and this, this player's like staring at me. He's like, Bobby, Bobby. And I'm like, Oh, oh who is this? Right. And it was before the week even started. It was on Wednesday or something. You know, it was Ryan. He's like, Oh, it's Ryan Gerard. He's like, I'm Monday in. I'm like, Holy shit. I'm staring at you. I'm like, who is this dude? calling my name and it all came back to me and it was funny like on he 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 went super low on friday right i think he shot he like did. 63 on 63 on friday and right outside the scoring trailer is where they have all the media set up where they do their interviews and he was out there getting bombarded with questions and i'm like oh i'm gonna go fuck with him right so i said it took him a second to see me but I, <clears throat> he was answering all the questions and you know it's the first time he had been in that situation you could tell he was a little nervous but with all these questions getting fired at him and i was back there just smiling at him like you know flipping him off and everything like that I made him loosen up a little bit but i'm like hey good for this guy and i immediately got on the phone to, to text carter jenkins that friday night i go your boy gerard went yahtzee today if that's not motivation i don't know what motivation is so there's just goes to show you another one that's why this monday q info you know ryan french who does that twitter account who follows all these guys you know he it's i love it because man there's so many good golfers around that you know there's so many good golfers that people people don't hear about and this honda field was a, a perfect example a perfect example of, of that you can you know, we all know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but we all know that these live bot. What's a bot, by the way? Can somebody explain to me what a bot is? Is that a human being? No, usually not. But sometimes it like, it sometimes is. burner accounts and things like that, you know about the burner accounts. The burner yeah, accounts yeah. are more individuals who set up an account that they know is going to get taken down or they just have no followers or anything. They created it real fast and they're going to go say a bunch of shit that they don't want to own. Uh, then mm -hmm. you've got the bots, which are fake accounts, and basically they train them to respond with certain things that they want okay. out there. So okay, could be very pro-live. If you're talking yeah. bad about live, it's going to come after you. So like, there's all these different things that can take place okay. with different types okay. of bots. I guess my point, the point I was getting was these bots on live who are some of these Twitter guys who were just shelling this, this Honda field, you know, compared to the live field. And I'm like, who, who, who on the PGA tour or who in golf doesn't know that this, these live events are strategically scheduled to be opposite of fields like this. Do you think that they're going to play a live event that's fucking scheduled against Tigers tournament or fucking Bay Hill or the players or a major. No, they, they, they purposely schedule them where you get the bigger players in the world that are resting and taking a week off. But I also do know that I found out today that did you see what the TV ratings were for, for live on the CW? Uh, 0 0.016. What was it for the PGA tour? What did that come out to? Let's it, 290,000 people watched it on the weekend at Mayakoba. The PGA Tour event with the so-called weak field drew a 1.60, which got 2.3 million people watching on the weekend. I looked that up because I'm doing my notes this you week. You are? So How about that shit, last Bobby? Week. I thought so you were a caddy with just a high school education. No. You start well, dropping in some fucking data I, and analytics. Let me tell you something. If I wasn't associated with horse racing, I would have never passed algebra. <laughs> Mr. Liptai, my teacher, 
love to bet on some horses and I'd give him a horse every once in a while and he'd make like 28 bucks and somehow I passed algebra every single year. So now all that hard education is coming back. So, so that's why I'm asking what bots are because these, they're these, the live golf latest, I think is like the one that's the bot is, is, you know, throwing up all these, Oh my God, that he's the same. It's the same Twitter that says Pat Perez is the seventh best golfer. Did you see that one? No, God, no, I I tend to not follow those. Oh my God. So anyway, so the, the, the CW and I also read that the CW network, more people watched world's funniest animals than they did live golf last week. So. I, I shouldn't be getting into live yet. I should have we'll, saved we'll, that. We'll for get a into bit. live in a little okay, bit. Go. The other one that I do want to drop in was the quote of the week, which yeah. actually came from my golf instructor. I forgot to mention that in story time that I did okay. meet up with my golf instructor on Saturday, Mike Crea. Yeah. And okay. my goodness, he's down at the Raven Golf Club here in uh, Phoenix. And just the knowledge that he's dropping on me is quite insane because I've had a lot of great instructors and like some of these Mm -hmm. pressure things and so forth that we're working on and the best line all week that I heard outside of the fact of what you just dropped, because you just reminded Mm -hmm. me why this is the quote of the week is because, uh, live golf apparently had no actual viewership on the CW, which that's news to me because you and I didn't talk about that off air, but Mike Ray goes, he stated me, uh, about uh, hand pressure, really, and kind of some unique uh, things going on there. And I'll get into that a little bit more in future episodes as I kind of work through some of these different techniques. But I go, do I want to, like, maintain that pressure in, like, a full golf swing? Because we were working on wedges. He goes, Matt, only if you want to play your best. That is a fucking quote right there. I, I told that him, I go, good. that one might actually make the fucking podcast because yeah, that's I brilliant. Where I could, I could, pop, I could pop, possibly use that quote yeah. during caddying. I think you're going to. Shake, to shake up the moment, you know, yeah. only if you want to play your best. You know? <laughs> which this leads us right into playing our best, which is with the penny bets. Yeah. And man, did we yeah. have a lot wow. of them last week. That wow. was the we penny bet episode. Oh my God. Oh my God. How did I squeak that out? Oh, it's funny. You'll be happy to know. You didn't squeak out of... shit. We died. Oh, well, that's what I mean. You were hammering. <laughs> you were hammering me. Do you know that? Wait, do I get an about... apology first of all for? Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's good. He's good. You know, and it's fun. It's funny. I wasn't you. I'm so wrapped up into what Sanjay's doing because you literally I, I literally start the weekend. and I'm like, I'm caddying for the best player in the field. Right. That's my man. That's True. my mentality. If he's making any putts, this guy's going to probably, you know, because it, it, it happens that way out here a lot. Right. Where a guy makes a quick caddy change and another caddy comes in and fucking boom, they go fucking Yahtzee within two or three weeks. Obviously, it didn't happen for me that week, but it was last week, but it was still enjoyable but i i forgot about the whole off shade batia thing and i was it was like thursday or something like that and i was we were was standing on the back of the green or something and scanning down the leaderboard and i'm like is fucking Akshay batia like two under or three under he got and the so fucking I, four under i'm sitting there yeah, going oh yahtzee yeah. baby yahtzee so it's funny so i know we had the well, number one, I apologize because he did he did he did he make the, the cut right cup, one one under, um, and I was like on Thursday 
I was like, where the fuck is Sabo, right? So I'm scrolling down the leaderboard and I'm like, oh, I'm only one back. I'm only one back. I was one back or two back after Thursday. And I thought, you know, I was all propping Sabo. Now this is six mixed cuts in a row. Sabo shot like fucking nine over or eight over on Friday. Complete fucking meltdown, his caddy said. Um, that's what he gets for screwing around on the chipping green when I told yeah. you what he was doing you on, can't be topping it on Tuesday. There. Now you can't be topping it out there. So uh, the, the best part of this is... Sungjae had this fucking three footer for birdie and I was watching, you know, when, when, after he made the double on 11, I'm like, okay, let's dig in and see if we can finish in a top 25. We were like T50 at the time or something like that. And I knew exactly that Akshay Batia, because I'd seen on the leaderboard was in at one under and we had a fucking three and a half footer on 18 to get to two under. And don't think that I wasn't thinking about that. And I'm like, if this fucking, if Sungjae misses this putt, I'm going to fucking lose my shit because that got me, that got me out of the hole, really. Sungjae birdie in the last hole. Well, and, uh, not just that. I mean, so everybody, if you missed last week's episode, we had Akshay Batia, which was my pick. Yeah. Obviously, Bobby had Sung Jay because he was caddying for him, filling in for the week. And then I had, we ended up doing a side bet, which was Akshay Batia versus Rory Sabatini. And then it got as far as you going, well, he's not even going to make the cut. So we made a third bet yeah. being Akshay yeah. Batia versus the cut. So right. how it ended up playing out, Sung Jay won by one on the, uh, yeah. on yeah. the initial match. Akshay right. Batia won by default because Rory Sabatini missed right. the cut. Akshay Batia right. made the cut, so won there. So I'm up 2,000 pennies to 1,000 pennies. Now, I right. know you didn't watch Live Golf, but well, at I was, one I looked point, at the leaderboard. I looked at the leaderboard every night every night at home. Yeah, though. well, so. that was at the end of the day. That didn't tell the story come freaking Sunday because the high flyers. So Bobby and I were betting on who's going to be the worst team out there. Yeah. And, and I had the your, high who flyers. Who is your team? And who's on that team? So you got Phil Mickelson. You got... Steely, you've got um, Cameron Tringali, and then you've and got James Piot. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. and James yeah, Piot. I can't even remember yeah. the goddamn team. Yeah, and James um, Piot. And then I, I'm going to go to my grave saying that my team is by far the worst team out there. Uh, Kevin Na, Siwon Kim, the quitter, Danny Lee, and who am I missing? Who's the fourth? He has to be Asian or something. The fourth. I, they're so bad. I don't even know who the fourth. Is. I don't either. But, but, but let's tell everybody, I did win that bet. You I did, did but here's the bet. thing. Halfway through, actually, I think there were six holes left. Yeah. I think there were six holes to go. And yeah. I was sitting fucking pretty because my high flyers for a team were at even par. Mm-hmm. Actually, we even got over par at a point. But with six holes left, it was even par, and you were sitting at four under. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I fucking got this thing. Out of mm-hmm. nowhere, out of yeah. fucking nowhere, your boy Steely fucking came through for you. Steely Dan yeah. fucking yeah. came through and it ends up yeah. going six under. And then Phil yeah. ends up finishing the last six holes at four under. So yeah. they end up at 10 under. Yeah. So what you saw as the final result, I Where was I won by pretty. nine shots. Yeah. I won by like nine shots. But it wasn't yeah. like, it was, I was in the lead with yeah. six holes left to go. And then my, all of a sudden wow. the high flyers go, hey, Matt, go fuck yeah. yourself because we're going to finish in fourth to last place and we're going right. to go 10 under where, yes, your iron heads ended up fucking winning that yeah. one. So They're we ended up, after horrible. all those bets, we fucking finished we off at broke even. Yeah. So should we do our penny bet this week before I go on my live rant? 
And well, we're going to now. It's time. I mean, you already did cover the analysis around the Arnold Palmer and how we're yeah. going to have 40 mile an yes. hour to 50 mile an hour winds on Friday. So, yeah, why yeah. don't we just dive right in to the Arnold Palmer Invitational presented by right. MasterCard. MasterCard. Yeah. And so, so I guess I actually I don't have to worry about who you're going to pick because we slicked. We broke even. We and according to my home Bobby Brown rules. I'm up first, and I'm going to take Rory McIlroy. Wow, good for and you! And he plays, and he plays early on Friday. And you should, if you are looking out of the right. Hang point on, of hang on, hang like, on. I've got. I'm not going to let you get any credit for my wait, bet right now. Wait, Absolutely no, not. Gonna, no, I'm just saying there should be three names that you come. There should be two oh, or three names go. You're gonna talk coming out of it. this. This way, no, I'm not divulging okay. any names, but I have yeah. a list of four names that I was going to take right here that all come out of the early morning wave on Sunday. And I'm not going to mention who they are, but I'm, I'm curious to know, Matt, who are you wagering on this week for a thousand I, pennies? For a thousand pennies against Bobby's Rory McElroy, who happens yeah. to be, is he the second place uh, uh, ranking for the world golf official rankings or whatever that is? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think Rambo's so one. You've got, you've got number two. And I am going to go with the crafty pick. Oh, okay, go. The man himself who loves, loves, idolizes Arnold Palmer and wears slick slacks. Mitchell? I'm going Keith Keith Mitchell, Mitchell, baby. Keith fucking (coughs) Mitchell. He's going to dial it up this week because. You mentioned it last week. He loves Arnold Palmer. It's an idol of his. He's playing really well, and guess what? He's got the second earliest tee time on Friday. Uh, before I divulge my 34, and it's not 40 to 50 miles an hour, it's 30 or 40. I don't want people, because I, I caught myself in the, when I watched the episode last week, I'm like, God, I hope nobody really pays attention to this. I just think, I, I just said three false things and said the wrong thing, but I'm like, were you picking <laughs> him before news. I told you? Did I... Were you picking him before I gave you the heads up? I can't the divulge that kind of information, Bob. Yeah, you were. Not on You there. weren't. You know who I thought you would pick coming out of that wave? Brian Hart. Terrell Hatton. <laughs> oh. Well, ter- no. <laughs> Terrell Hatton is a past champion there. Terrell Hatton's won there, and he's good when it gets really, really hard out there. I thought you might go with Keegan because Keegan has a really good history there. And then I don't know. My son actually brought this to my attention, too. I knew what was happening, but guess who's been diving in and out of seeing Butch Harmon the last couple of weeks? Tommy Fleetwood. And you know what happens when you go see the old man for a tune-up, right? They usually play pretty good. You get locked good, in so. pretty yeah. quickly. So I thought you might might take Tommy Fleetwood. But maybe that's, I didn't a good know. Angle for, maybe that's a good angle for some of our gamblers out there, using Tommy Fleetwood fresh off a couple Butch Harmon tune-ups. You know, it's it's um, you get guys like Pearson Cootie and some young guys out here and that kind of stuff. But people need to know that the number one college player has also got a spot in this field. His name's, remember this name, Ludwig Auberg. And I think he's from Sweden. And so that's a name for people to watch Ludwig? this week when they're scrolling. Ludwig, L-U-D-V-I-G. And then his last name's Auberg, A-B-E-R-G. And he either plays at, I think he plays at Tech. I think he plays at Texas Tech. He is mathematically... He is already mathematically locked up to be, if, I, if I'm doing my math correctly, he is automatically mathematically locked up to be the number one college player, which I think is going to get him right to the PGA Tour yep. next year. So we're going to get a glimpse of this supposed um, superstar in training, Ludwig Auberg. But I'll cool. be fucking 
Yeah, but I'd be shocked if he's as good as Pearson Cootie. I will tell you that much. Who was the other number one college player coming out last week? So, anyways, that's a little little Bobby Brown tidbit of information for some for some people out there on you some people to watch. So we got action. We, we got, got action. action. You you want anything else there? Any side bets that you can think of, or um, are we just going one solid penny bet? For a thousand pennies. Yeah, let's just go for with one. That four yeah. bets was too stressful for me. It was a lot to yeah, keep track of. It was yeah, fun. it was fun. I mean, yeah, I had an action packed weekend because of that. Yeah, I, I wanted really to dive in. Brag, but I don't want to intro. I don't want to intro live because I don't want to take your job. But I'm going to remind some people, other than my saying that Kevin Nas team is fucking pathetic this year, <laughs> um, uh, about the two really good calls. One of them I hated to make the call. The other one I looked like fucking genius on but intro us into live matt why don't you why are we don't there we yet go over a live golf mayakoba recap yeah and yes folks yeah. it is mayakoba to me i don't care what the broadcast team said yeah though the broadcast team's wrong i've been there 10 times it is mayakoba and, yeah. and everybody that works there calls it mayakoba and mayakoba. It, here's the thing i left last season pretty high on live golf as you recall like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is legit. Like, it's fun to see right. the teams and everything. And I yeah. even heard uh, one of the podcasts, the Four Dads Golf Podcast, to where they were talking about how if they really want to get this thing going, then they really need to have a course for each of the teams so that uh -huh. you have home field advantage, kind of like in other sports where you have your home stadium, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that kind of made sense when teams were really regionally based. And I think that's yeah. what Greg Norman tried to do initially was get everybody yeah. who was Australian and get them all on the same team, get the right. East Coast, uh, U.S. The team, the, the West Coast, the Latinos, yeah. right? The and Latinos get all of those agents. teams. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, that would make sense to have these regional golf courses that you assign as, hey, that's your home golf course, get playing privileges, whatever. Or, or I mean, even with the amount of money that the Saudis have, I mean, just build some new fucking golf courses, right? And turn them right. into their team golf courses. That could have been pretty cool. And I'm sitting there in this first event, and I had some pretty high expectations, actually, which you know me. My favorite quote is, expectations are the killers of dreams, yes. which is why when yes. you dropped True. expectations That's on a fact. poor Pearson Cootie saying he's going to yeah. win all these majors. Pearson, I hope you don't listen to this fucking podcast because of right. that in particular. Focus on the task at hand. One shot at a time, buddy. One shot at a time. It's tough. Um, but Live Golf, it fell flat for me. I felt like yeah. um, there was no fans out there. There was really yeah. nobody. Yeah. I mean, you watch the holes. You're following the last group on Sunday with good old Chucky Three Sticks, which when I was growing up, I love Chucky Three Sticks, man. Because yeah. he was a small yep. dude, skinny dude, and I was always a pretty skinny dude, and he was bombing he the ball 300. He shipped it. He, he shipped did. it. I mean, that yep. golf swing was just fucking money, and he was so good, but that flat stick would let him down, and yeah, he just he couldn't it. put it all together. I mean, he, he was like the Colin Morikawa with his irons. I mean, yeah. just stuffing yeah. shots. Anyway, so Chucky Three Sticks ends up with the victory. We've got... 16 under. 16 under. Very shot solid. Six, shot 63 on the last day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead of you real yeah, quick. Because do. it's... It, it's uh, I'm going to say a couple things. Um, uh, nobody on the PGA Tour in the last 20 years has anything bad to say or anything negative to say. Charles Howell III is the best thing about 
outlive golf, other than maybe Dustin's ability to be such a great golfer. But Charles Howell is a complete gentleman. Um, he's got a great personality, a great sense of humor. He's polite. He's nice. It's yes, sir, no, sir, to people that are 15 years younger than him. His caddy is a buddy of mine, Nick Jones, who was a superstar player that didn't make it professionally at Southern Cal at USC. And, and it just couldn't happen to two to two nicer guys. I mean, 63 on that golf course. Guess who started making pots finally for the first time in, in three or four or five years was Charles Howell, you know? And and I told you that the greatest round of golf I think I've ever seen with, with Siwoo at Riviera. I was sharing that story with you last last week. Um, you know, um, Charles played with us, you know, and Charles still hits it as good as anybody, right? But it's always like you referenced, it's always the plastic. So I'm totally, I'm totally stoked that well, he that went he to won. lab putters. So lab putters is the one that um, Adam Scott has. A lot of guys, I mean, right. these things cost a goddamn fortune. I think they sell some okay. of the putters for like five grand. But anyways, okay. moving beyond lab putters and two Chucky three sticks, it actually made a lot of sense that he looked very free and just kind of willing yeah. to risk it all on Sunday because there was a great uh, episode that we had um, going back to episode three with David Ledbetter to where David Ledbetter really kind of took the unfiltered side of this podcast. And I loved it yeah, because he talked about you. his own guy and he was yeah. talking about how Chucky three sticks and this is the mentality guys get into on tour is that mm -hmm. they're just looking to make a cut and then they're looking to secure an amount of money because they don't mm -hmm. want to risk it. Well, mm -hmm. now that he doesn't have to worry about the fact that, oh, yeah. you know, I'm not going to make any money this week or I've really got to be careful because he's got that guaranteed yeah. money. It has that effect on certain players to where somebody like Chucky Three Sticks, because the story David Ledbetter said on the podcast was that he was in contention on Sunday on a par five and he was within range of hitting like a five wood into this green and two. And instead, yeah. the, he, he sees the caddy pull out an iron and hand it to Charles. And he pulls the caddy over to the ropes. And he's like, what is he doing? He's like, he's in contention. Yeah. Which, is a, which is illegal, number one, right? You, <laughs> yeah. you can't do that as a coach. You know, you can't do that. As Wait, coach. you can't, can't do that to the caddy advice. either? Well, before the shot? No. No, no, no. I, I don't know if it was before after or after. Oh, it might have been for dramatic effect, be right? That he was saying right, right. Uh, it at that point. But he was telling the kid, he's like, what is he doing? He's like, well, I told him that he could get there with a five wood, but he goes, no, I want to lay up to this point. He's like, why? You're in contention. And this whole entire dynamic took place. But he goes, that was how Charles Howell III, he was like, I'm just trying to secure second. I'm just trying to secure third. Because he wanted his money so that he made sure that he was taking care of his family, his caddy, everybody. That, okay, you know, that's and fair. There is a dynamic there because you see somebody like Charles Howell III who hasn't won in forever, all of a sudden mm -hmm. dominating, and especially on a Sunday, when like a guy mm -hmm. like that, if he was on the PGA Tour, he's probably going to be a little bit more, Puckered you know, up. safety. Yeah, it's Sammy well, safety in it, as you like to say. Well, I, Sammy safety. That's a, that's a good way of saying that. Yeah. I never noticed that with, with Charles. I've been paired with him a ton of time. He just hits the ball down the middle and he knocks it on the green and the flat sticks work and the flat sticks work and he's got great hands, but I'm going to put, you, you know, David Ledbetter, he, Charles fired David Ledbetter so many years ago. Right. And I ranked David Ledbetter right up there with Hank Haney, right? They're fucking good resort teachers who are making millions of dollars 
you know, helping mom, Mr. and Mrs. Rosenberg try and crack a hundred or something like that. They don't even have players out here anymore. I mean, I think Charles Howell went through the, with the modified stack and tilt with Dana Dahlquist and some other guys. So he's, he's tweaked here and he's tweaked there, but I mean, I'll summarize it like this. Fuck David Ledbetter. You know what I mean? He's fucking, you know, he's a fucking douchebag. And that daughter of his. Here, here's where I'm going to go on. Oh, no. Ledbetter. Oh, no. The, I should have never brought influencer. up Ledbetter. Ledbetter, yeah. you were great on the episode, buddy. Don't let Bobby well, get I'm, you down. Yeah, David, go, <laughs> blow, blow me, David. You're nobody, man. He's You're never coming back ass. again. Joseph, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Michelle Wee. <laughs> we don't want him back. Yeah, he can actually take my spot one week when I take a week off. That's for sure. Enjoy, enjoy his his pompous ego maniac attitude. But oh he hasn't God. been out here for a while. He's, he's going. He's, well, well, he's just like Hank Caney. They think they fucking know everything about everything. As the the one thing about most of these coaches, other than Butch, because Butch was inside, has been inside the ropes as a, as a player, and there's a few coaches that are like that. But this is one of those guys that have never stood where our guys stand, right? And never walked a day in their shoes under pressure. And pressure is a, That's true. you know, coaches, a real can't, co- coaches can't teach guys how to deal with pressure. But Butch seems to have a knack for it. And that's kind of what my angle with Tommy Fleetwood this week may be playing pretty good going to see Butch because Butch can kick a guy in the ass, right? And tell him, hey, you're too fucking good to play like a pussy or whatever. You know, you're good enough to win. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. But congratulations to Charles and Nick. They're, they're great guys. You know, the Peter Uline deal worked as working out pretty good for Dustin's so, team. That I mean, was he, the other thing that I was thinking is yeah. that Peter Uline, all of a sudden, this kid you've got guaranteed yeah. money and he starts yeah. showing up, which he never he, did on the PGA tour. He well, he couldn't, he never kept his card. He got out here one year and then he fell into the 126 to 150 category. He was just another, he was just another really good player. There was what the, you know, when they played college together, when I worked for Kyle Stanley, Kyle Stanley would, it's the same year as Dustin and Peter Uline and Kyle Stanley flat out told me, it's funny. I was talking to my son Daniel about this last night because Kyle Stanley's name came up and, um, uh, Kyle would tell me, he's like, I knew I was the best college player almost every week I went to a tournament. I knew that I was the guy to beat. He goes, it was only if Dustin and Peter Uline were in the field that I knew that I had to play really good to beat those to beat those two guys. And, you know, we were going back and forth last week. You, you know, I didn't think that Peter Uline was an upgrade over Taylor Gooch. And if you threw out... If you threw out Sunday's round, I think they were t- they were tied for the lead or right around the lead. I think I think I think <coughs> Peter played really good on Sunday, and I think Gooch shot a watch on seventy five or seventy six. Even Sunday. though you didn't watch it, you you got your shit down. Yeah. Well, I do because I looked down the lead. I looked down the leader. I looked down the leaderboard. You know what I mean? I'm I'm interested, but I'm not into it this year. Watching it on TV like I was in previous years because I think this thing's going down. You know, we'll, we'll save it for next week, but I sent you that Can, article. We read that article together, you know, about, yeah, we, and we'll save it. Maybe we'll save it for, for next week, but it was good. You know, Taylor Gooch is a fucking Taylor Gooch is a stud. Brendan Grace played great. He finished third at 10 under. I mean, Paul Casey was right there. First time he's shown any form and God knows how many years I know he battles. I know he battles with injuries. How about Brendan Steele? How about Brandon Steele? Steely. So good on Sunday. Finishes T5. Motherfucker. He fucking shot Do you 600 in his made? last six holes. He fucked Do me over, Bobby. He, I'm not happy with him. Do you know what he made for T5? He made like 700 grand for T5. I mean, that's the biggest hit Steely's made in a long time. Cam Smith, is he losing some 
fire with all that? Of course he is. He's out there talking on the broadcast with What's-Her-Face about the fact that he has a a driving simulator now in his house. So tell me that he's not... for a car? Yeah, like... For oh, yeah. like race cars, like it's he's talking about this and literally only in, only in live golf during a round would somebody uh, bring that up. Uh, the, you're talking about oh, the it wasn't it team? wasn't in the round. No, it was like a, a pre oh, oh, uh, okay. recorded thing. But like he's talking about the fact that he has this great driving simulator in his house, and then spent a lot of the off season like driving and racing on there. And it's like okay, so yeah, you guys are not training the way that you were and then you got no. guys that are hungry guys like a peter uline guys like a yeah, charles Howell third that's like man yeah i want to go out yeah. there and perform and all of a sudden you come off of the pga tour you're on there and now that stress level because some right. guys handle stress and pressure a little bit differently and we saw it with yeah. peter uline by the way because peter uline i felt terrible he actually gutted it out but he hit like four or five pull hooks like hard, mm-hmm. like you could have nice classified bug. those as duck hooks, and yeah. he was in the jungle in some places, like Ma- mangroves, 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 a lot mangroves. of mangroves out there. And he uh, oh, he struggled, yeah. but he ended up finishing second, which I gotta give him a lot of credit yeah. for. He ended That's up like finishing two million. His caddy, his his caddy is Luke Guth, is Zach Guthrie, who was there was a young player out here from Illinois that played on tour for a few years that I thought was gonna be really good. He's phased out now. His name's Luke Guthrie. But his brother, Zach, was an assistant golf coach at uh, Illinois. And, um, uh, fuck, he, he just made, what, if he got $2 million per second, that's seven, I'm just going to say 7%. That's, you know, what, what is that? I mean, is that hundred grand? Two hundred. If, if I made one hundred forty, hundred fifty thousand, this caddy for finishing second. I was going to tell you, I thought the Latinos would play. I didn't say it on air, but you just—it's a very Latino biased crowd, you know. So Carlos Ortiz has played good there in the past. I think he finished seventh with Sebastian Munoz, who's no, no scaredy cat. Matt Wolf actually showed a little form, you know, at five under T seven. And I hate to say it, but God, the one person Your I can't stand in this world. And I called it. Though, Your best friend. I? I told you he was going to finish. I told you. This is the only week that he can finish in the top 10 on a living bed. He weighs Bad the most out there. Yep, and he made some birdies on Sunday. He definitely weighs the most, and he's the worst dresser by far, so we'll give him credit on that. He finished at 500, finished But T7. he did rock those Navy so, Jordans, the midnight Navy Jordans, well, which I was yeah, a little jelly well, of. Per, Phil Mickelson was out there rocking the Jordans, the AJ ones. Well, what a bunch of posers. I, know. You know, I mean, come on. The original guy's Keegan with the Jordans, right? Keegan's the original guy, Luke Donald, Camilo Vajegas. These guys, Bubba Watson, they all jump on the bandwagon when something gets cool. But that's fat-ass Perez in a nutshell right there, isn't it? Jumps on the bandwagon. With it. He, he's not a trendsetter. He's a, you know... The, the world's full of followers, my grandfather used to say, and and Perez is a follower. He is definitely not a leader, <laughs> but he he made himself a little lick. He needed some yeah. money. He's gonna he's gonna need it because we we Good all know him. that these guys they're not getting he's any of the team money. money. They get yeah, they don't. You know the the details on the team thing, is, as you know, is that they don't get the team money anymore. They're on a salary, and if the team captain decides that he wants to give them a bonus at the end of the year. Or a stipend or something, he's going to do that. So there's no more free money for fat ass Perez. He actually has to earn it this year himself with his own individual individual playing, and not the bullshit. I got ten million dollars up front, which we all know was a was a lie. So he made a little bit of money. But my greatest call of the week, 
was, and you laughed at me when I said that Dustin Johnson would not finish in the top 10 and I didn't think he'd finish in the top 20. Oh, I thought he, about you all weekend as I watched yeah. him play. I'm like, oh, well, damn he, it, Bobby, you're spot Dustin Johnson in a 48-man field finished tied for 35th. And can I tell you something? Dustin Johnson, for as great as he is, has an advantage over everybody because he's a great athlete and he's a great golfer. But he also has an advantage on the PGA Tour because he's been out there for 15 years. He knows the golf courses. He knows where to hit it. He'd never seen Mayako before. I love I, I love his caddy, AJ. I love his brother. But AJ is not the kind of caddy that is getting to a golf course like this in a live event a day or two early and going out there and walking the golf course and learning where to miss and where not to miss. And as soon as that driver gets off the line it, with all the jungle, you said the mangroves, you're staring six or seven in the face. So DJ T35 and I fucking called that. You didn't I Bryce definitely it? called Bri- it. Bryce and but Dave you didn't Campbell see, hang on, but you did not see DJ on TV. DJ looks like he's, uh, he's packed on a little poundage. Well, I mean, he got a hundred and some million dollars. I mean, he eating doesn't really healthy. Yeah, he, eating healthy. I'm sure he is eating healthy. Bryson, a great week for him these days. Tied for 23rd, even par. Mickelson, one over. T27 just fell out of the top 300 in the world rankings. Uh, the disaster, I don't, I don't want to say the disaster himself, but he's in a dark place. If you watch the Netflix thing, Brooks Kepka T27 at, at one over. And I'm going to do something new starting this week for Liv. Oh. Let's go over the relegation standings. And I oh. hope that I get to mention fat-ass Perez here it, soon. And I think it's going to take about five or six w- weeks before he's a bubble boy. But let's go with <laughs> C1 Kim, part of Kevin Noss' solid team. He's 23 over for four days. Oh, you know Boom Boom, C1 no. Kim. You know no. Boom Boom. 23 over. Um, uh, that good other Kepka, 15 over. He's on relegation. Watch. Lori Cantor, <coughs> 12 over. And then if they were going to relegate, there would have been a long playoff between Sam Horsfield, who I actually said can play. What an idiot. Um, uh, Sam Horsfield and, and, Baron, and Bert Cheeseburger were both in 11 uh, over. So we're going to do, do a new thing. I'm bringing in the relegation. Those are the relegation yeah. um, standings. So right for there. the people I that already, don't know, but but – by the way, Bobby, maybe no. they're not paying attention to uh, the first kind of day of live golf, but the last four individual players are relegated and moved off yes. of their teams and new players yeah. are brought in through yes. a uh, kind of like a Q, Q school, school yeah. type of deal, but it's all through that Asian tour that they purchased, right? If, uh, keyword, if live even makes it that far past this year, which you know, we're, we've shared some information on that article that we read last night. That's Alan Shipnuck, right? Man, he's fucking good at his job. He he's is a fucking dick. Good. I, I, it, but he fucking gets the info. So, well, he's an investigative reporter, right? I mean, that's kind of what his agree. thing is. Yeah, yeah, that's his that that's his thing. But he found out to fill people in. So this team money now is is live golf or something owns 75 percent of the team right so the, I, I, if i interpret it and you, you you're smarter than me if i interpreted that correctly that 75 percent of that money goes back to them and then dustin owns 25 percent of that team so that money of uh, the team money goes to team expenses stipend there's no flying around free for the caddies or the players anymore apparently they travel they travel and pots. God, I, I, I was the Shipnuck article actually said that everybody, like some caddies, stayed in a, a motor inn. Did you read that part? No. That some caddies and a motor inn in Playa is scary. I don't know. I'm, he might be just calling the Wyndham that we all stay out there, which actually isn't bad. 
you know, for 50 bucks a night. But he also said that fucking all of DJ's team, including Prez, all flew in fucking privately by themselves, right? So I'm like, oh my God, this dumbass Perez is fucking taking this for granted, all of this money. Now he's flying private with, with her. We'll just call her skanky her. He's flying in private with her. And I'm like, this guy's so stupid. He's going to burn through all, you know, she was breaking him anyways, the rumor was. And now, and now they're just, oh my God, it's just, it's comical. It's it, comical it is to me. because here's the thing, their entire thing this year, and Greg Norman said it on air that their entire, and I don't know why you would say this on air. I, I guess I get it if you're trying to like market out to rich people, like right. the one percenters. And even, I mean, you're getting even lower than that in terms of the percentages of people who can afford to buy a franchise. But like he said, he goes, Oh, the big thing this year for Live Golf is the franchise model and that we're going to mm -hmm. be selling these teams off to investors. Right. And I'm just going, oh, shit. Which, That's they, haven't, your last... which they haven't yet. Yeah, which they haven't yet. Well, they haven't you know? built the value around why would you want to buy one of these teams? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And it's like, okay. I think, it, I, I think according to Shipnuck that they're trying to get – they think that they're going to get some 75-year-old multi-billionaire yeah. who's bored at home that wants to buy a they, piece of this team. But any 75-year-old billionaire is probably a pretty intelligent, highly educated, sharp businessman. And he ain't burning through $784 million like Kim al Puma, Saudi Arabia leader Aramco is, you know? That's, so That's man. the whole thing. And that's why I'm like, why would you announce that on air? Because if you go through this year... You don't have a single franchise sold. You yeah. failed miserably. And now you're on air saying that this year yeah. was the yeah. year that this was the important part to live golf. And this is the model that you're going after and all of that. So I get it. You, you might be using it as a marketing tool. But guess what? Mm -hmm. Now there are, there's video of you saying that this is what is going to be live golf. And if it doesn't go through and if nobody yeah. ends up buying it, but I can see that based off of that announcement and everything that they're being their hand is being forced to do, to push that uh, because that's the only way that the Saudis are going to make any money back or yes. even like dampen the amount of money that they've dumped into this thing because people they did not have a crowd out there which was really no. telling to me I'm like we, that's yeah. tough that's a tough yeah look. that is tough they're not making any revenue from tickets. You know what I feel sorry for is I feel sorry for my buddies, some of my buddies that were caddies that got gravy trained yeah. at last year with the prepaid expenses, the parties, not a penny out. They're going yacht to get, they're getting all this money off the team, off the team money. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you motherfuckers. We took, we, everybody took the bait of the first year, the first year bait, right? And now these guys are like, hey, don't get me wrong. <coughs> if a caddy makes, let, let's say you finish back of the pack and your player made a hundred to $200,000 and a caddy is probably going to be at 7% roughly on something like that. So that's anywhere from seven to 14 grand. That's a nice week for a caddy, right? But when there's only 14 tournaments now, Matt, and you have a Siwon Kim or a Beesberger or somebody who doesn't really have the fire anymore and doesn't practice like they used to, let's just say that you have a hundred of 14 events and you're going to say an average, this caddy, these back of the buses caddies are making 10, 
they're 14, 10 grand a week, come 14, they're making 140 grand, but now they're paying their own expenses, which is probably going to be 30 or 40 grand. They get taxed on that, you know, so they're getting taxed on, I mean, now these guys are making like, you know, what 92 on the FedEx cop list is, is making. So maybe this thing's going up in a big ball of flames because the TV ratings are going to show after one week that, um, uh, the CW is um, better for Pretty Little Lies or Dawson's Creek or, or World's Funniest Animal Videos. I do love Dawson's Creek like. reruns. They are pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All Casey right. And so on to, where do they Dawson. play that? Where do, where do they Tucson. Play They're coming to my neck of the oh woods. I think I might get I, down there with some boys and, uh, you know, put together this? some signs that say, go well, fatty, go fatty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I am going to say that I'm going to, I'm going to say a couple of things. When does that cup come up in the in the schedule? It, it's obviously Norman's smart enough not to schedule it against the players, so, so it's not it next week, March seventeenth, I believe. If I'm not March seventeenth, which which I think that is going to slice our San Antonio tournament, which is usually a pretty good tournament. We get a pretty good field there. But you want to know my prediction for that? I'm going to make an early prediction. I caddy for we used to play the match play there for years yeah. at Dove Mountain in Tucson. It took Dustin about five years to win one fucking match, and that's where I came up with this. Where he just drove it all over the place, and he wasn't comfortable. He's not comfortable on desert tracks, probably like this mangrove thing, where there's where you're a desert specialist, right? You live in Scottsdale, you know that there is fairway, there is a six yard first cut like Scottsdale or rough, and then there's fucking cactus, and then there's cactus everywhere. And I used to just scratch my head like. I'm like, Dustin be like, Bob, where do I aim this? I'm like, it's that cactus out there. It's like, Bob, there's like fucking 300 cactuses out there. So I don't look for the big fella to play good in Tucson either. And it's a big boy golf course with some funky ass section greens, right? Some section greens out there. So we'll, we'll do that run down here in a few oh, weeks when, it, when, it's the, when it's the proper week. But on to, on to well, Tucson for the, the tour on, that's On uh, to Tucson. And then did you see the other piece, which was Thomas Peters getting dropped by Steiny, Tiger Woods' agent? Oh, yeah. Just knew it. like as soon yeah. as it happened, just cold where, turkey. I think he sent him a text he, or something. Yeah, he 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 had one of his assistants reach out. Yeah. You didn't think that. Well, who's so surprised about that? Steiny is a savage man, greatest agent in the fucking business. You know, I think of that Tom Cruise movie. You know, when when I think of the Tom Cruise movie where you know the human Jerry head Maguire, weighs, the, yeah, <laughs> the, the human brain or the human head weighs so and so so many pounds. One of the greatest movies ever. So yeah, Steiny dropped him like a hot potato. Hey, I didn't even for all everything that I think I know about golf, I didn't even see where he finished Thomas Peters, but it obviously wasn't very know. good. No, yeah, I don't think he finished in the. Uh, he finished. I think in the that really hurt 20, him. So. I think he did yeah. not expect yeah. that, and he yeah. even said, I, "I think he talked to some media about it that he was just like shocked. He was more like floored that he didn't get a phone call, that it wasn't like yeah. a meeting with Steiny, nothing like that. Right. It was just yep. a cold, just hard text yeah. message you're out. gone. Yeah, <laughs> you're out. <Get laughs> Which I hate to laugh, but I'm a savage, so that 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 well, and- makes me laugh. And, you know, I also, as we both know, we also read in those articles that there's no individual sponsorships anymore or logos for these players. It has to be a team sponsorship. So imagine 
imagine all of these guys losing X amount of dollars. I mean, let, let's be honest. You can read what you want to read about the Adidas dropping Dustin or Dustin leaving Adidas. Adidas dropped him because the story that we that, that is out now, the real story is, is that Dustin went to Adidas and said, hey, I want you to sponsor all four of us. So we wear Adidas and Adidas is like, we're not going anywhere near that. And thanks for selling so many shirts for us. But you're out the back door, too. And it, it's funny, um, this this Nick guy that works for TaylorMade, I tried to put him on the spot yesterday out there with Pearson, and I'm like, what's the deal with the contracts with Matt Wolf and TaylorMade and Dustin? And he didn't really, he might not know, you know, he's like, oh, that's a good question for Keith, but I'm, I'm, I would imagine those, those club contracts are going bye-bye too, because now everybody has the team bag, and there's no... And there's no viewership, right? There's no viewership. Nobody's going to see Dustin wearing a tailor-made hat anymore, you know, or this or that. Or nobody cares what Dustin's playing or nobody cares what Phil's playing. Or, you know, equipment sales, man, as you know. It's funny. My brother from Arizona called me today or texted me today when I was having lunch. And and his boss, who's very wealthy, is looking for a new driver. So what's the fastest driver out there, right? It's the Stealth 2. It's probably the Stealth 2. TaylorMade makes the best drivers, I think, personally. And he was trying to... And I was asking how he played, trying to match him up with the shaft. So I was, I was like Googling some stuff and I'm like, here's how in the dark I am as a caddy, because you see all the best players in the world and they get all their shit. You know what I mean? Those tour trucks are there. We get hand-me-down stuff. I haven't paid for, you, you know, I'm not prop in my job or anything like that, but if I wanted something, I can get it. Right. But I'm not, that, I'm not that guy and I don't really, and I don't play anymore, but I was like going, I'm looking at the stealth two in the shaft. I suggested for this guy. Do you know that if this guy gets the driver that I told him that he should get he, with the shaft, the proper shaft, he's spending a thousand dollars for this stuff too. And I was it's just looking at, a, and I was just looking at a Fuji at a Fuji Cora Tour Light Speeder, right, sixty three grams or seventy three grams or something like that. But you're looking at a driver that's seven hundred dollars, and if he upgraded shaft, that shaft could get as much as five or six hundred dollars. I didn't know shafts were so expensive for the big boy shafts when you see them just roll out of trailer trucks and and, and <laughs> reps come out when they're trying to fit guys with they come out with six different shafts and try this or crank this and, and i'm like and now it just hit me today i'm like man these guys are wheeling out two and three thousand dollars worth of shafts for these best players in the world so i didn't know i didn't know golf clubs were so fucking expensive man Bobby, is what i didn't know world. It's, it's one of the wow. reasons why i'm training again because i'm like shit i need some free clubs <laughs> like this shit's yeah, too expensive right. i mean oh you end God. up and you go to get fitted too, and it's like it ends up being fifteen hundred dollars for a driver, just a driver. Yeah. I mean, oh, I was God. talking to a buddy that I get PUD, which is thirty to thirty-five yeah. percent below wholesale. Percent off of wholesale, and I'm going. Yeah. Hang on, how much is this putter? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm not spending that for yeah. even just a putter because, and, and yeah. even at PUD, they're too expensive. I'm just like, holy yeah. shit, this has gotten it's outrageous. Ridiculous. But you know, yeah. the club industry they went through their issues several years mm -hmm. back, and then yep. they kind of revamped everything industry wide. And sure enough, yeah. now they're very healthy, but they're also, I mean, shit, this stuff is expensive. Like people, oh the God. average golfer was... cannot afford, unless you are just extremely wealthy, to constantly be upgrading clubs on a yearly basis. Right. It's tough. So I started thinking to myself, and I'm like, <clears throat> if you wanted like the top of the line set, like all the way let's just say driver three wood five would have some high quality stuff a set of irons bokey wedges throwing a scotty putter or something like that five i'm like 10. my brain's 
I was thinking five, five game, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank God for the first tee of America with, with junior golfers and, and giving them clubs and stuff like that. Because, 100%. because it, 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 yeah, it almost goes back to our guys, like our, our, our East side golf guys, you know what I mean? Or based in Atlanta and that kind of stuff and trying to get the African American young kids up and playing and that kind of stuff. How do they even have a fucking chance when it's that much money? Oh, I mean, well, it's Bobby, fucking ridiculous. It's not just that too. But it's the industry guys that are working at golf clubs that are the assistant golf pros or working in outside services and those like these guys get paid nothing. Do you know outside services just for the masses so that you guys understand they get paid below minimum wage. They're just like a waiter or a waitress. And all they're relying on are your tips. Tips. Yeah. So the people that are like, oh, I'm good. Oh, no, I don't need my clubs clean. Like still tip because those guys like that's where their money's coming from. And yes. when they work at nice clubs yeah. and everything, yes, you're going to get a little bit more money, but you still have the people that are going to stiff uh, when it comes to giving a tip. But that's where this industry is so screwed up, and especially out here on the west side. In Arizona, like in New York, it's a lot better, but in Arizona in particular, like we can have an entire yeah. show on this because these guys aren't even making or cracking $30,000. Yeah. That's an assistant golf pro that has to not only do that and suffer, to where they can't even afford to make a living really. And then on top of that, you have to pay for the PGA to go through PGA, that program. Yep, yep, and you're spending thousands yep. of dollars out of your own pocket. Some clubs yep. are nice enough to pay that for you and reimburse yeah. you for it. But man, right. it is such a racket. And that's why you don't get these great golf pros yep. that want to stay in the industry. You hear of all these great guys that end up being great business people that all of a sudden they left because they couldn't afford to be in the golf industry, but their passion is yeah. golf. Yeah. So anyways, and you know, a lot of those outside services guys at their home course go out and shoot 66 or 67, like it's <laughs> nothing. Right. And then they go, all of a sudden they get into a first day skews cool and it's 76, 79. These guys aren't big. So tip your outside service people, please. They're part of the, they're part, they're part of the industry. They're a big part of the industry. And when I went on my rant, um, Last year at Southern Hills about those pin positions and these wackos that set up this golf course. My and, and I made a point on my social media on my Instagram page. It's like I'm not I, I'm not targeting the assistant pros who work their ass off or the outside service guys that are going through the program. They have nothing to, to do with that. You know, they're all hard workers and they're so they're so underpaid. So tip your outside service guys. Don't throw them two bucks, man. Throw them a five spot or a ten spot or a twenty spot if you can afford it. Make that kid make that young guy's Make that young guy's day because that young guy's got a dream, right? To play golf like everybody else. He's got a fucking dream and it's a tough road to hold and it's a to, to hoe. And it's just, I don't know, man. Fucking, I feel for those guys. I worked outside services out at the boulders for, for a year, way out there in Carefree oh, yeah. at the boulders. And I did pretty, and I did pretty good, but you're fucking doing labor, right? You're, you're fucking cleaning carts and, and cold and, and early hours. You yeah, don't really have yeah. a life because you're normally working six days a week. It is time. You're shutting down that. You're shutting down that cart barn by eight p.m. or or eight thirty. You're dealing with with people who aren't very nice if they didn't play very good or they're a little bit like this. So take care of the outside service people. There you go. That should do and it. And that wraps it that up, Bobby. Thanks All right, again, man, man. Good luck this hey, week, Matt.
Yeah. Congratulations. Big day coming up for yeah, you, everybody. Matt's it. getting married on. Uh, let's not give out the date, but yes, I am getting married okay. soon. Very soon. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't need buddy. some stragglers showing up, Bobby. <laughs> yep. Wish me some luck this week. Wish me some luck this week. Hey, good luck this week. Let's get Thanks, after buddy. it. You and yes, Troy, let's, let's go. go. All right, buddy. All right, brother. Have a good I'll one. I'll see you next week. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more.